We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Indiana Pacers. Catches, shoots for three to win it. He hits it. Danny Granger at the buzzer hits a three-point shot, and the Indiana Pacers have won the game here in Phoenix. Oh, we have some smothered chicken on that one. Smothered chicken. Shot clock winding down. They turn it over. Oladipo kicks it. Back out. Bogdanovich for three. Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back to Setting the Pace. Happy New Year, Fachi. It's good to have you on again, my man. Alex, how were your holidays? Oh, man, they were awesome. It's good to be back, though. It's it's really good to be back. I am so grateful to be back talking Pacers basketball. And guess what, Fachi? We're at the halfway mark, and we're looking pretty good. I gotta say, you know, this is usually when people kind of hit the wall and get a little tired the the pure halfway 41 games into the season but alex despite a thrashing last night i am feeling good yeah so let's talk about the last couple of games obviously we got manhandled by the celtics got slaughtered by the toronto raptors took care of business against the cavaliers but not in the fashion we were hoping for after a huge lead in the first half 
letting the Cavaliers hang around, getting that game to eight in the fourth quarter. We did not get to see Alizé Johnson and Edmund Sumner and those guys in that game like we were hoping for because in the third quarter when you're up by like 23 points, you're thinking, okay, uh, we're going to see the young guys tonight get some rest on that back-to-back and three games and four nights is a lot of hard work, you know. But unfortunately, Pacers did not have enough to take down the Celtics. Without Miles Turner, man, this defense just looks... Like a, <laughs> it just shows you how important he is on defense. I couldn't couldn't emphasize that even more. It just seems that everyone's getting everything they want against us without Miles. The past three games, everyone's shooting above fifty percent. I mean, they're just walking in there, getting anything. It's it doesn't even go to just say, okay, we're not getting as many blocks because that's what Miles always does, or that's what he's regarded for as a premier shot blocker. It's just that we're letting up points by the bunches. I mean, 135 points to the Celtics. It was the worst, the, the most we let up all year for a team that coming into that game was leading the league in the fewest points allowed. So exactly. I mean, it, it's it's just it's not even that. You mentioned that you know the Cavs almost crawled back. That would have been a crushing loss. And then even the Raptors dumped 121 on us. So while I'm happy, it's just a broken nose, Miles. Can we get you back soon, please? Well, it's more than the broken nose. It's the shoulder, too. That's what he's been sitting out for. He said he woke up. His shoulder wasn't feeling well. So, unfortunately, um, you know, Sabonis, Sabonis actually didn't play bad last night. He was probably the only starter that played really well. Six to nine, 20 points. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily Sabonis. I just think it's team defense. And Oladipo said it last night perfectly. We just sucked. They just sucked. Well said by Oladipo because it's true. It is a team defense. I mean, Sabonis, he's he's getting his. He's been brilliant all season. I, the, the man can't disappoint me. He's just incapable of it. But, Alex, I have some sad news. Uh, you, you know me and my uh, my Tyreek Evans scoring 13 points. We're on a feeder streak. It came to an end last night. Oh, no! It, it's over. <laughs> so you will never hear me use that stat line oh, again. Just, it is done. Yeah, but, well... Man, I, <laughs> Man, the, the defense is what we're lacking right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly thought there might be a chance that that streak would last longer than Tyreek Evans' Pacers career, but uh, <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. So uh, going forward, we have one more game on the road. I think it's against the Knicks. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Just when you need a win, the Knicks are here to give it to you, and they are one team that does not want to win. No, so it's... let's get that win. And let's just hope that by the game, <laughs> they've traded Enos Cancer to the Kings. For uh, for Zach Randolph, who hasn't played a game all year, uh, because it seems like you know uh, Anus Cantor has his way with the Pacers. Oh yes, he. he uh, I've seen him. Rec- I think last time we played, or maybe it was the time before that, he had at least twenty rebounds, and it's it's just he's the kind of guy that it becomes obvious of tanking when you really just don't want to play him, and you're the Knicks. So yeah, hey. Ship them off to Sacramento. Ship them anywhere because <laughs> we could use a confidence boost and get a win right now. Yep, and then you come home, play the Suns. You play the Sixers on TNT Thursday night next week. That's a nice little break there for the Pacers. They get a couple days off there from uh, Friday, or they get Tuesday to Thursday. I, guess, I mean, I guess from Friday night's game against the Knicks until next Tuesday, that's a nice little break. And they always say that first game back on a road trip is hard, but I think with ha- having that much time off, That'll be nice. You play Tuesday, Thursday, and then you go. don't play again until Saturday against the Mavericks. And then we got Hornets-Pacers Sunday on the 20th. And then a very important game, Wednesday, against the Toronto Raptors. Not only 
Can the Pacers get revenge? But what else can they do, Fachi? Well, if you wanna, if you've noticed by following setting the pace three, you can get a chance to attend that game actually by following and retweeting because we will be selecting one lucky winner for two tickets over there. It's going to be a great game. You guys would really enjoy that. So go over to setting the pace three and uh, follow and retweet. Yep, we will pick the winner next week. Um, on the next show of Setting the Pace, because I don't think we'll be back in time. We might be able to get it next Tuesday on the 22nd, but just to make sure we give our fans enough time to make their schedules, we probably should do it a week in advance just to make sure that they get a chance to make sure they can attend that game. So if you've retweeted it and you follow us, your name will be put in a randomizer, and we will pick a lucky winner to go to that game. So nice five-game home stretch coming up, Fachi. Um, hopefully the Pacers get their confidence back, and hopefully they get their center back, because right now they really need them. Completely agree. I, I really want to get that win over Toronto. It, it's just in order to be the best, you got to beat the best. And Toronto's that team where it was disappointing to not be able to beat them without Kawhi Leonard. I thought that that was one that we we could have taken, and uh, very unfortunate. Um, I mean, obviously we didn't have Miles. I'm not going to sit here and make a ton of excuses like uh, we were on a back to back against Boston. But uh, at, at the same point, we got we got a nice juicy schedule coming up. Knicks, Suns, Philly, they looked like uh, got a little Jimmy Butler rumbling going on right now. So if only they could have that drama towards the end of the year. You know, like come playoff time. <laughs> but, hey, we'll, we'll take drama where we can get it as long as it's not happening in Indiana. Well, here's the thing, too, Fox, you need to look at. you got to win these games at home because here's the thing. One through five all have winning records in the Eastern Conference, but six, seven, and eight all have a losing record. So if you can get a top three seed in the Eastern Conference, it's pretty much a cakewalk in that first round. I understand, you know, you got Brooklyn who's playing all right. Miami's been playing better. I mean, Detroit's now out of the playoff picture, and their record's terrible. They've been playing bad. I mean, this whole entire Eastern Conference outside of the top five are terrible. And if you're in that four or five spot, that's a tough matchup because you're going to be playing a tough team in the Eastern Conference. And then if you win that, you got to go play the number one team. So getting the number two or number three seed, if you don't get the one, is more important because that way you cannot have to face the Toronto Raptors more than likely uh, in that second matchup. And i got, I got to ask you this, Fachi. It was kind of a thought in my mind. Out of all the teams in the top five besides the Pacers, so those top four teams that everybody talks about, who do you fear the most and who do you fear the least i guess rank them one through four as one being the scariest and four being the least afraid of uh team you're afraid of hmm in terms of the top four right now i mean i guess number one i i feel like i don't it, i am i've always been skeptical to admit that toronto is real because we've all been burned in the past but i do think that toronto has put together a really great season so far. I mean, they've they've rested Kawhi Leonard a bunch, so they could be even better. So maybe I'm going to go with Toronto. I I do think that Boston's getting hot right now, and and I would not want to see Boston come playoff time. They were a team that it surprised everybody their, their start to the year. I believe they won five straight. Now I'm going to put Boston as number two. And uh, you know, am I am I going with uh, ranking everybody except us? Just yeah, the, the four teams. The great. Four That's teams. what I thought. You know, at that point, then I, I'm I'm probably going to say maybe Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, I think I think that the Sixers just they haven't been as good as I thought they would be following that Jimmy Butler trade. It looks like they've lost some depth. It looks like they've lost some shooting. Yeah. And if if they can't work out that Jimmy Butler situation, 
it looks like he could walk, and obviously the whole Fultz situation is a whole other deal. This was a team that had a ton of assets that now it looks like it's starting to dry up a bit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going with Toronto 1, Boston 2, Milwaukee 3, and then the Sixers 4. Yeah. What about you? What about me? Well, I agree with you on the first two. Toronto is number one. Boston's number two. Don't want to face either of those teams, obviously. Would like to have that number two spot so you can get at least a home court advantage if you're playing that three seed, right? Uh, as far as the other two, now, I have an interesting debate here. I know Milwaukee technically has the best record in the NBA percentage-wise, but outside of Giannis, they don't really have a star player. Now, they are probably a more complete team than Philadelphia, so you have to decide. Who are you more afraid of, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons with J.J. Redick on the side, or are you more afraid of Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe, and Chris Middleton? It's tough. It's tough, man. I mean, and we've seen what we can do against Milwaukee at home, but on the road, we haven't beaten them. On the road, we did beat Philly, but they came here and just completely smacked us in the face. Um, that one matchup we saw earlier in the season. So Miles was not playing at his level that he is now, too, so that's something I want to see. But in all honesty, I think I would still put Philadelphia above Milwaukee right now of who I'm most afraid of just because the the, the – the, the talent on that team is just so much better. I mean, look what Embiid did to us in Philly that one night. They were without Jimmy Butler, too. So we have mm-hmm. to put that in uh, an asterisk by that as well. So I think I would go Philly 3, Milwaukee 4. And that's nothing against Milwaukee. I'm just, I feel like that's a team that we probably know a little bit better. We know how to guard them a little bit better. And they live and die by the three-point shot. Yes. So that is a team that I would much rather play than Philadelphia. But honestly, I'd rather face those two teams 10 out of 10 times than Boston or Toronto. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more on that. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, you nailed it before saying you got to have a top three seed. You have to. Because as it matches up now, we would play the Nets in the first round. And you want to give the Nets a pat on the back for even being in the sixth seed because it's it's cute, it's great, and it seems like finally something where – we can feel comfortable and and not at the edge of your seat waiting for a, a LeBron game winner to just crush your your heart, you know. So this is finally the year that if if you can lock up a top four seed, we can move on at, at least the second round. But it, it's become more key to be in that top three. And right now, I do feel pretty good. I mean, outside of the past week, that we have been able to distance ourselves a little bit from from the Sixers and, and teams like the Celtics. Yeah, I agree with you. So, if we do play the Nets in the first round, get out your brooms, boys. If we don't, if we don't sweep them, come on now. At least, at least a five game sweep. I mean, if this goes more mm-hmm. than five games, that's embarrassing. We don't even, it, we don't even deserve to be in the next round. <laughs> that would be a bit alarming. Yeah. So, all right, Fachi, you want to get to our highlight of today's show? This is the this is the meat of our show here. Now we're going to go through. It's the midway point. I think we have 12 players, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, 12 players that we are going to be giving grades to for their midseason performance, what they've done so far this year. And we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up to the top. So let's start with one of the bench guys, TJ Leaf. Um, What is your grade for TJ Leaf so far this season? Oh, man, we're really starting at the bottom because <laughs> you know, when I think of the bottom of that Pacer roster, I just think of TJ Leaf. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I don't want to be critical, but I've honestly seen close to nothing that, that makes me feel uh, confident in his ability moving forward. He, he can shoot. He, he can. Uh, that's, that's something where, that we know that. But can he guard anybody? 
can he get in on any meaningful minutes? Occasionally he'll, he'll come in when someone's out and he'll play a couple minutes in the, in the beginning. But I just think that he's going to end up being packaged in a deal and sent elsewhere as just sort of a throw-in. I'm, I'm disappointed. If I have to give a grade, uh, I'm going to give him a D. Oh, uh, come I, on. I, I mean, with, a, he hasn't been given a chance. I, 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 I'll, okay, sure. Do, 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 do the ability that I know that's not like he's one of those guys shooting, say, 30%. Oh. I'll give him a D plus. Okay, Come on, Fachi. That's ridiculous. If the guy's not seeing the court, it's because the team's too deep, right? I mean, the the guy, TJ Leaf, he comes in, he can hit three points, he's a good rebounder, he's not a bad player, he can, I mean, I have been critical of TJ Leaf, if there's anybody who's been critical of him, I hated the draft pick, when we drafted him, I literally was so mad, because I just felt like he was not the right guy for the team, however, he does things that are attractive to teams around the league, now, we don't play the style that I think he fits in best, which is spreading the floor, I give him a solid C, he hasn't been really given a chance to prove himself, he hasn't been part of the regular rotation, we have our nine-man rotation that we run out there every night, Sometimes we have a 10-man rotation if they want to go a little bit smaller. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's to me, it is it is what it is with TJ. I just gave him a C. It's not like it's a bad thing. It's just he's average. For his position, for what he's asked to do, 12th man on the bench, he's a C. Yes, he, he is very average. Uh, I think that I'm still very mad at the pick. I believe OJ. Well, you can't base it off the pick. It's what happened this season. What has he done this season? OJ and OB, he was there. And, and Who it, cares? Draymond Green was I, there. I, I don't know if I'm over it or not. It was a rough pick, and I just don't think that he fits this team right <laughs> Let it right go. Now. Let it go, Fachi. You're being I'm too I'm going to try. It's a, it's a new year. I'll try and turn over <sighs> a new leaf and be more forgiving to TJ Leaf. But for now, I'm going to give you about a D plus. Oh my God! All right, well let's move over to the next rookie, Aaron Holiday. Who do you? What do you have for him, grade wise? Now, Holiday is a guy that I feel confident in moving forward. I, I think that there's there's times where I mean everybody remembers the five game stretch when Oladipo was out. So I, I think that at times, I mean maybe I'm a little critical on that. I'm going to give him about a C plus just because I feel. Come yeah. on, Fachi. I, what? I, I, oh my I'm, god! I'm gonna give him. I I think that he's showing rookie stuff right now. The the, the just his shooting percentages lately. I think I've been a little bit down. I think that it's hard to crack this lineup. And right now with a veteran team, I think that I I I wouldn't be disappointed giving him a B minus right now. But I'm not just handing out these these A's. <laughs> I, I don't do that. I'm I'm a strict grader. All right. There yeah. is red pen marks on the papers when you get them back. Wow. Well, okay. I guess so far from me, I'm giving him a B plus. I'm a lot higher on Aaron Holiday. Rookie season point guard. We usually don't see them develop that much. It takes them a while to get to that spot. The dude's a gamer, man. He hits big time shots. This season, you can actually say he's probably outplayed Tyreek Evans. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, we'll just wait for that. Crew. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we'll get to that one later. I want to say that one a little bit, but I'm just saying, you're asking a rookie guy to come in off the bench and be a spark. He has won them games because of his spark. As a rookie who wasn't expected to do anything he dropped in the draft, I give him a B plus for what he's been asked to do. He's not a starter yet, but there's a chance they could get rid of Darren Collison and even possibly Corey Joseph next year because they believe in this guy so much. That's why I gave him a B plus. Let's move on. We don't have enough time. Kyle O'Quinn, what do you got for Kyle O'Quinn? Kyle Quinn, I think, is a guy who I'm, – I'm very high on Kyle Quinn. Oh, okay. I, I think it's someone who he just needs more minutes. There's nothing more that he can do to earn a better grade. So I would give him 
between a B and a B plus in terms of when he gets minutes, he produces. I mean, just last night, he, he gets his. He's the kind of guy who I think that I don't want any injury. If there was a significant injury and he stepped in, I think all of a sudden he would be someone who's collecting rebounds, you know, uh, by by the bunches just on an often basis. So uh, he's someone who I think has been ultra professional and the whole package together. I would give him a B plus for for what he brings in his minutes. Yeah, he's a he's a probably the best third string center in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't say that lightly either. He's been a perfect teammate. I went with just a solid B. Nothing against him. I just said mm-hmm. solid B. Yeah. He's he's been good, not great in his games. Obviously, the defense hasn't gotten any better with him out there. So um, it's just one of those things. Third string center on this team. He's behind Sabonis and Turner. He's not going to get minutes unless one of them's hurt like we've seen. Solid B. All right, Doug McDermott, what do you got? Ah, oh, McBuckets. I mean... It, okay, it, wait, wait, wait. Before you give him a grade, are you grading him on how he's played or how the coaching staff has played him? It's a little bit of both. It's a okay, little bit of okay. both. Okay, I just want to make when, sure. Of course. And in, in just some of the notes that I had gathered... The first line says, not his fault. <laughs> Literally, it says that because I want him to be more active. There, there's times where he just disappears. I mean, if you if you just glance, if you were just going by the numbers, great great shooting percentages, 48%. Right. He's shooting you know over 40% from three. But there's games that he's just not used enough. And when you sign someone at 12.01 a.m., the first night of free agency for $7 million a year, I want that guy to be more active. Okay, well, so let me stop you there. Every single shooter in the NBA was that was a high-level shooter was signed at that point. I mean, Joe Harris was signed, Will Barton, all these guys that were potential people that we were going to sign, sign at that point. I think the only elite shooter, I guess you could say, but I, a lot of people probably wouldn't say he's elite, is Wayne Ellington. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah. I just think that that was a high demand. So I can't really say that, oh, he should be doing more because he was oh. signed first. That don't mean anything. They wanted J.J. No. Redick. They wanted J.J. Uh, Redick. Of course. So I, I like McBuckets. I think that what he brings to the table is very valuable, and on a ton of teams, he would be a real problem. Um, I think that on our team, in terms of my grade, I'm giving him a B. Okay. I, I think I think that it's a very fair grade. I think that he's someone who has not disappointed in terms of, like, he's not shooting you out of games or, or, or just never doing too much, like out, outstepping his what he brings to the table. I just want... I want to see him have more games where he's shooting, say, four or five three-pointers instead of just one or two. Mm-hmm. I, feel you. I gave him a C plus. So here okay. I am getting on you for your grade, and I actually gave him a worse grade. Uh, C plus isn't bad. It's just he's above average, but not much. Yeah. He's just I think yeah. he needs to solidify himself more in that offense. Um, you, you pretty much had everything else you need to say. So Corey Joseph, um, I'll go ahead and give my grade this time first. So you don't have to always be the one starting out. And Corey <laughs> Joseph, for me, this is the only A plus I gave out. Corey Joseph deserves an A plus from me. He has been fantastic this season. Sure, there might have been a couple games where he didn't have it, but he's guarding the best wing defenders most of the time. He's out there in crunch time games. He's hitting big shots. The pick and roll with him and Sabonis has been phenomenal. I have been just a huge fan of Corey Joseph. I know that you don't want to start him over there and call us for chemistry issues, but next year going forward, I would be okay bringing Corey Joseph back as a starting point guard if we don't get anything else. I, I have loved everything he has done so far this season. I, I love what Corey Joseph brings to the table. I think every team 
should have at least one Corey Joseph because he just makes you a better team. He's just a solid, hard-nosed defensive guard. I, I personally, I think he's perfect in his in his bench role. I think I love him in that role. If he was the starter, which we haven't seen this year, uh, last year's couple games where he did fill in, uh, I'd be curious to see what what he would be like in expanded role, but. I mean, I would definitely like to bring him back. I don't know about as our starting point guard. I would love to give Holiday that opportunity and definitely bring back one of the guards. I don't see Collison coming back. I think Corey Joseph looks for a bigger role elsewhere. There's always Phoenix rumbling about looking for a point guard. So who knows about that? I give him a B-plus in the year. B-plus. All right. Well, let's move forward. I'm excited to hear this one. Your man, Tyreek Evans, the streak has ended with 13-plus points for Evans, leads to a victory. Not anymore. Pacers got their first loss when Tyreek Evans scored 13 points, like I said earlier. What is your grade for Tyreek Evans? I'm not going to apologize to anyone. It's not even harsh. He gets a flat-out F. (laughs) This This is by far the worst year of his career, and it happens to be coming off of one of the best years in his career. This man has been MIA all season. If you look up inefficient in the dictionary, you will see Tyreek Evans. I I broke out a stat the other week where I did the math. He was like 270th in the NBA in field goal percentage, and he's had opportunities. We put him in the starting lineup. We've given him extended minutes at one point. And then what even made me sick on a small sample size, the Pacers are 4-0 when he's not even in the lineup. <laughs> so you tell me, Alex. Uh, well, I mean, do you consider that he was injured? Do you factor that in? He's a little bit injured, but, I mean, another guy who's been injured is Oladipo, and I, and I also think that, you know, we're not seeing anything even remotely close to well, Ty- what, Tyreek Evans. Doing. What was the uh, Pacers record when Oladipo was out? Uh, it was actually a winning record. I believe we were uh, – oh, sure, sure, if you want to do do the difference in that. But at the same point, Tyreek Evans, more often than not, has hurt us. Has he not? He's not been the player they wanted to wanted him to be when they signed him. So mm-hmm. I understand the frustration. I'm not that low on him yet. I gave him a D plus. I mean, <laughs> if anybody's oh, listening – Very kind. <laughs> If anybody listening to this podcast outside of the Pacers, you don't want them to think Tyreek Evans sucks. We got to get rid of this guy. Oh, oh yeah, I, I can flip the switch real quick, and, and and I'll sell him for just about anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not that bad on Tyreek. He's been okay this year. I think it's just a different environment for him, a winning culture, um, just a team that is. I mean, he seems like he fits in with the team personality wise. I just don't mm-hmm. think that his game has meshed well, and I think that they need someone more consistent. Um, I think he and Collison are the two biggest uh, pieces I think that could be moved that would mm-hmm. be of a significant change. I don't think anybody gets traded. I guess we can get into that in a couple weeks when the trade deadline gets closer. But, yeah, Tyreek Evans gets a D-plus from me. Let's move on from Tyreek. Let's get to the top six now. Domas Sabonis. I gave Domas a solid A. I did not give him an A-plus because I still think he has areas to improve. His defense at protecting the rim is just not there. He's a solid rebounder, a terrific passer, a, a, just a bulldozer down in the paint. Love his game, but I want to see more from Domas. I want to see him hit that three-point shot, three shot more consistently. He doesn't take it enough. I know he loves the 18-footer, but when he shoots the ball, 
I just I'd rather him be at the rim on pick and rolls than you know pick and pops. I just I want his shot to get better. That's my only really criticism of him and getting better at protecting the rim. So I give him an A because he's been awesome this year all the way through. Alex, I couldn't agree with you more on this one. He gets an A from me. Call me a Sabonis stand, whatever you want to call it. The man has flourished this year. We have seen improvement every single year. For most of the year, up until just recently, he was averaging a double-double off the bench. That's yeah. very rare. And, yeah. and you see it. I mean, you see it. He's even getting assists. I mean, th- there is just so much potential in this that, as you mentioned, we want to see more from him. He's only playing 25 minutes a game. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you really wonder what he could be doing in an expanded 35 minutes per game role. He's actually in the running for sixth man of the year right now, which is just amazing it seems like we're a very fortunate team to be able to rack up these awards whether it's most improved player or potentially sixth man of the year but an interesting stat i saw that he's actually allowed the fewest points per possession on plays against him oh which is just yeah out of a minimum of 300 plays defended so we're not actually you know just going to pull in just anything um he's he's someone who and you mentioned three pointers he's shooting five of seven i know it's nothing but it's yeah. not like he can't do it. We do want to see more of that. Yeah. So it, the, the potential is there that, I mean, you can't put a roof over this guy. You can, there is, what is his ceiling? Yeah, I don't think we really tapped into his full potential yet. We're starting to see flashes of it. And I think right now, especially in Indiana, the media is driven to cram Miles Turner down your throat because he had a good January. So mm-hmm. they've kind of put the Sabonis talk on the brakes, which is whatever. But, I mean, to me it feels like, oh, we can't win without Miles Turner now, which I don't think is the case. I just think that we've played some really tough teams when Turner's been out. And even though the defense has not been great, we did win some of those games. One of those games earlier against Brooklyn, uh, you know, it was one of those games where it just got out of hand quick, score-wise, both ways. So I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I think Sabonis could start for any team. I mean, he is a starter-level player coming off the bench. And right now, I just think Turner is the better fit with the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's nothing against Sabonis. I just think this is his best role as six man. So let's move on to Miles Turner. What's your grade for MT? Miles Turner is someone who, if you asked what my grade was earlier in the year, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty good. It wasn't good at all. Um, honestly, I finished out now. I haven't met a B. Because my expectations were to take a solid leap forward. Okay. Com- coming right off the contract extension, my expectations were to get him more back to what he was around his second year in the league. But it really came alive in December. And he's taken a lot of pride in being one of the best rim defenders and even potentially trying to be one of the best defenders. I think this is someone who is trying to target later in his career, potentially a Defensive Player of the Year award. And you love a, a guy who has who buys into a specific role and knows where he stands. I mean, this isn't a debate of he's not trying to, you know, tassel over whose team it is like we heard from Scott Pollard, how, you know, Jermaine always and Ron Artest always wanted to say it was their team. Turner knows, hey, look, Old Depot can be the guy. I'm going to focus on defense over here. And he's he's picked it up with the rebounding and everything. And interesting, he's only two double-doubles shy of all that he had last year. Yeah. Still have half the season to go. So he is he is showing progression uh, from a sheer just rating and shooting efficiency standpoint. He's having a career year because he is playing less minutes than he was early on in his career. And 
I, I think that in the beginning, my grade probably would have been around about a, a C plus right in there. Uh, he's moved up to a B for me. What are yeah. you thinking? Yeah, from the beginning of the year, I would have given Miles Turner a C minus, um, mm-hmm. just because I felt like Sabonis was clearly outplaying him, and the team was better with Sabonis on the court, and the confidence we have seen in Miles Turner in January has turned that C minus into a B plus for me. And if okay. anybody knows how I feel about Miles Turner, it's not very good. I was very low on Miles Turner. I was frustrated with him. But now, after seeing everything and seeing what he has brought to this team the last month, if he continues to play like this, they seriously are contenders in the Eastern Conference, uh, at least to get to the Eastern Conference Championship. It reminds me of when Roy Hibbert took that leap. It took him a little bit of a little bit of time, and I think Turner is a more uh, obviously a better offensive player, offensively skilled player compared to Hibbert. But the mm-hmm. way he is just racking up blocks, I mean, it's phenomenal. Uh, the broken nose, tough to see it happen, but glad to see Turner out there. He's been playing better. Right now it's a B plus, and at the end of the season I'll be excited to see where he's at because if he continues to grow, he could get an A. Um, let's move on. we got four players left. Let's go to Darren Collison. Darren Collison is someone right now where – it's obvious to see that he has regressed a bit. I mean, last year was arguably the best year of his career. He does look, you know, a bit slower. the The shooting percentages have they've dropped. I mean, last year it's it's crazy. He led the NBA in three point percentage. I believe free throw percentage also was very much up there, and th- those numbers are down across the board. But he did very much step up when Oladipo was out, and I mean that's another guy who from December on has really picked up his play. Nine points, six assists, 50% shooting since December. It's not going to jump off the page, but it's very, he's a very vital part to this team that I have at about a B-minus right now. Yeah, I have him at a C. Um, mm-hmm. I have not loved him this year. He's been okay, and that's kind of why I ranked him. I know I gave McDermott a C plus, but you know, Collison's asked to do more, and I just feel like it's just been inconsistent. And so that's why I give him a C. I want to give him an IC for incomplete <laughs> just because yeah. I've, I've been frustrated with him. There's been games where I'm like, man, Collison's looking great. Then other games where I'm like, man, I want to trade him. <laughs> and if you watch NBA Twitter and Pacers Twitter, that is exactly how they feel. Now, I'm not going to yes. sit here and say, oh, trade him because he's not good anymore. No, I think that he is still a solidifiable point guard for this team. It's just, to me, he is not the answer. And I don't see us winning a championship with him at point guard. I just can't see it. Uh, he has too many limitations to his game, and while he's a solid vet, I'm just not in love with him. I, I agree with you. I, I think I, in the beginning of the year, I was right on in terms of, oh, God, this guy has really aged in one year. But I've I've learned to appreciate his value a bit more lately. I think that he's just a point guard who is really just – He's, he's very, as I said before, going back to the word vital, just he's a guy that I think it would do more harm trading him than keeping him right now. I, I think that he's someone where I, while he's a trade chip, I think he's important to this team. Yeah. And I think with the, with the team chemistry, the starting lineup, we got to keep Darren Collison for this year. Yeah, don't trade him yet unless the deal is just a Kimball Walker type deal. So, oh, of course. Yeah, then yeah. in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> Or Pat Beverly. <laughs> you love you some Pat Beverly. I do you? love me some Pat Beverly. <laughs> All right, so we got three guys left. Let's jump to it. Bojan Bogdanovic. I've given I've given Bojan an A for this year. Without Oladipo in the game, Bojan has been the 
focal point of the offense. Last night ends another streak. He didn't get double-digit points. That was the first time in a long time. I forget how many games it was, but it was a nice long streak going there for Bojan. He only had seven last night in that butt-whooping. But Bojan has just been a perfect counterpiece out there at that small forward. He's playing pretty solid defense like he was last year in the playoffs. I like Bojan. I'll be sad to see him go if he leaves in the offseason. I do think there's a, a spot for him on this team. I just don't know if, like, once again, if he's a starter on a championship-level team. I think he's more of a bench player on a championship-level team. But with that being said, with what he's been asked to do with his role, I give him an A. Alex, this was the only other guy that got an A for me. I, I think that it, it, it can't be said enough how consistent he's been all year. You mentioned his streak ending. It was at 31 games in double figures. I mean, when... When Oladipo was out and we always needed someone to step up, it was Boyan that was stepping up every single night. He always gave you – he was giving you at least 15. The guy's having a, a career year at the perfect time entering free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for someone who was always kind of just known for, oh, this guy can shoot the three. He's really shooting the three well this year. Yeah. And uh, he's improved his defense, which coming in in Indiana, I thought, oh, God, this guy couldn't guard anything. But he's he's proved me wrong, and, and now as you mentioned, of terms of being said, if you if he did leave, that would be someone who I still feel like if we don't attract an A list star, which we typically never do, uh, I would I would imagine that Boyan does come back. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I kind of do see him in a Pacer uniform moving forward. Just hopefully there is a little bit of a, a little bit of a discount attached to it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, last one. Before we get to Victor, Thaddeus Young, the other captain of this team. I know you said you only gave out uh, two A's, and that was to Domas and Bojan. Um, but I gave Thad Young an A as well. Thad, okay. Young, Thad Young, defensively, has been huge for the Pacers. His energy, his ability to just do the little things that aren't always on the stat sheet. Um, he's just one of those guys that holds this team together. And we've labeled him the glue guy on Pacers Twitter. Thad Young is the glue guy. His middle name is Elmers, right? Oh, of course. Right. So, I mean, he has just been hes just been the guy that you need him to be for this team. And no, his offensive game is not great. But I feel like he's shooting the three a little bit better than he was earlier in the season. You know, getting mm-hmm. challenged. I mean, guarding guys like Anthony Davis and, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo and just pretty much guarding everybody's best player is is a hard task to do and he always takes on that challenge and especially when we're playing guys like that you know like those unicorn type players he's always asked to guard him because nobody else can so thad young he deserves an a i'm giving him an a what's your grade for thad young i have thad at a b plus this year um and i I have that as for taking consideration where he's at in his career and what he means, another team could just look at him and say, oh, yeah, you know, he's not the same player that he used to. He doesn't really jump off the page. But he, he hasn't been flashy for us. He's been consistent. Glue guy is the term that's tossed around everywhere because there's no other way to describe him. He means so much to that team that I do remember when, when there was talk that he was going to opt out of his contract. You know, Pacer fans were really torn because, A, you had the cap space that was going to come with it. But then, B, you were going to lose a vital part of your team. The guy who is always stepping up and guarding the, the team's best player is, is something that can't be can't be taken for any less than, than how valuable that really is. I mean, that performance that he had against Giannis earlier this year 
holding them to, I think it was 12 points, and also dropping 25 on them. That's what sticks out in my head of him doing it on both ends of the floor. So he deserved that Player of the Week award that he won, and he hasn't stopped since. He's he's another one of those guys that has really picked up their play since December, and I while I don't think that he's going to be in a Pacer uniform next year, I think that everyone's <laughs> going to agree, and one thing, that we're going to miss him. Yeah, well, then why didn't you give him an A? I don't just hand out A's around here, <laughs> all right? <laughs> yeah, do a little extra credit for an A. Uh, you could have at least given him an A minus. It's not that much different than a B plus. It's one percentage, Fachi. Come on, man. What a hater. What a <laughs> hater. Okay, last but not least, Victor Oladipo, the all star, the most improved player of the year. Let me hear your thoughts, man. Now, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit torn. I'm a little bit torn. Oh, boy. Here we go. Fachi's dropping it's a, a D. It, no, it's a bit hard to grade someone when they are hurt. Yeah. Now, for what Oladipo brings this to the table, to the team and everything, and despite being hurt, I'm, I'm giving him a B. Right. Because I think that expectations were to take the next step. I mean, we thought that the year that he had last year, was it was unbelievable. It shocked the world. So we all kind of thought, wow, I mean, is he really going to take it one step further? And I think if he was healthy this year, I would give him a B plus. But the fact that he's been able to fight through all this, uh, he he's stepped his game up in other areas. You know, the rebounds, the, the assists, those are career highs. Uh, so I just think that his field goal percentage is down, which it's it's a product of being hurt. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's what's going to happen. But make no mistake about it, he means everything to this team. And I do think that having him in the lineup – even if he's hurt, is way more valuable than not having him. I give him a B due to the injury. If not, I'd give him a B plus. Yeah. Well, Where do you have? That? You know, what's funny is this is like the first time we actually agreed. I gave huh? him a B as well, and for all the reasons you just said. Now, the injury, of course, did set him back a little bit, but I just feel like from what we were expecting from Oladipo, it's just not been the same. Uh, mm-hmm. We were expecting him to take us to that next level, and no offense, but if you're that type of player, it shouldn't matter if Miles Turner is out on the floor or not. You should be able to take your team on the road and win big games. And it's frustrating to go out there and get your butt whooped against the Celtics and the Raptors and not be able to close out Cleveland early on. This is the type of player you want to be. You want to be an MVP-level player. You want to be a starter on the All-Star team. Then you got to go out there and earn it. And I get it. They say when he scores less points, the team is better. Look what he did against the Bulls, okay? That was a phenomenal Victor Oladipo performance. It was against a terrible team, though. I want to see those kind of games more often from him. We see them from time to time. We saw a lot more from him last year as he, you know, turned the page and became the most improved player. Now that you're you're on notice, man, you're not like a, a flash in the pan. You know, this is a, oh, man, we got to prepare for Oladipo. Now he's got to take his game to the next level. And I think right now, halfway through the season, it's getting a little bit better. We started to see, like you mm-hmm. said, the different elements of his game develop. But at the end of the day, he has got to be a top three player in the Eastern Conference for this team to succeed. And right now, he is not a top three player in the Eastern Conference. Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kyrie Irving, and Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard. all mm-hmm. above him right now. He is at the fifth fifth spot right now, I think, overall talent-wise. He might not even make the, the starting shooting guard spot for the All-Star game. Kimba Walker might get in over him because Kimba's having a better season. Now. But here's my yes. thing on All-Star voting. 
I like to reward teams that win. So yes. I don't put any team that's losing uh, in the starting position when I vote. So a little bit harsh, but it's just it's just not me. So you know that's why I can't even put Anthony Davis in the starting position for the Western Conference because I don't reward losing. I reward mm-hmm. winning teams. I have Paul George. I have you know Jokic, and I have LeBron James in the Western Conference. And I know that's probably hard for Pacers fans to hear Paul George, but he's been carrying that Thunder team. I mean Westbrook's just hanging on PG's coattails right now, but PG's letting him you know, be that guy. So with that being said, Fachi, that wraps up our grades. I'm going to go through and just recap what I had, and then I want you to recap what you had. So for Victor Oladipo, we had a B. Darren Collison was a C. Bojan Bogdanovic, A. Thaddeus Young, A. Miles Turner, B+. Sabonis, an A. Tyreek Evans, D+. Corey Joseph, A+. Kyle O'Quinn was a B. Dougie Buckets, C+. Aaron Holiday, a B+. And TJ Leaf, a C+. I had, for Thad Young, I had a B plus. For Miles Turner, I had a B. Boyan got an A. And I had Darren Collison at a B. Uh, Oladipo, due to injury, I have to throw that in there. I have him at a B. Tyreek Evans, make no mistake about it. That is an F. <laughs> Corey Joseph, I had at a B. Uh, B plus. Um, then I had Sabonis at an A. I had Aaron Holiday at a C plus, which uh, okay, I'll give you some credits. I can move him up to a B minus if you. you'd like. McBuckets, I have at a B, um, and that, and then I had TJ Leaf at a D plus. Yeah, well, that's that's not bad. That's not bad. So I feel pretty good about our grades. So they're pretty fair. Mm-hmm. That was a little harsh on one or two guys. Sure, I'm still torn up about a draft pick in the past. And uh, buying goods that were not as adver- advertised in Tyreek Evans. <laughs> yeah, just like my Chick-fil-A order last night. Ordered my <laughs> wife an eight-piece nugget, and I get home, and they gave her a chicken sandwich. Come on, Chick-fil-A. Get it together. It's not Sunday. You're at work. Get it together, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, everybody. Well, that does it for another episode of Setting the Pace, episode number 14. Right, Fachi? Mm-hmm, that it is. All right, make sure you guys see our pin tweet at Setting the Pace 3. Retweet and follow us on Twitter. And thanks again for stopping by and listening to Setting the Pace. Until next time, peace out. Have a great night. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.